Now, as a product person, one of the main pillars of building products that customers would love is to uh, essentially stay on top of the industry. And that is by, say, leveraging emerging technologies such as, you know, AI, ML, 5G, IoT, you name it. And this talk specifically break it down on how you go about doing it as a product person and how to rally your team around it. And my guest today is a product executive with over 20 years of experience leveraging such technologies in a variety of industries. And his name is Daniel Elizalde. Daniel is a product advisor, and his latest focus right now is on climate tech product teams that help them accelerate their the products uh, kind of like time to market. Now, Daniel just published his book, and uh, you can get a free sample at b2binnovator.com. And I'm going to put the link in the description as well. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, I'm your host, Cyrus Shirazian, and welcome to PM Hub Podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you fresh and unique insights from product leaders and tech entrepreneurs. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to PM Hub. Thank you, Cyrus. Uh, really nice to be here. Yeah, 100%. I'm very excited to chat with you about, uh, I guess we have a lot of cool stuff to touch on, right? All, all these, uh, say, jargons or whatever, with IoT 5G, AI, a lot of cool stuff we're going to talk today. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, but I guess, you know, Daniel, we know we all have some sort of a kind of different journey into product. So I'm curious to know how was your journey into product and how did it evolve over the years? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your podcast. Uh, in terms of my journey, it started about 22 years ago. Uh, I started in an engineering role like uh, many PMs. And I was uh, working at a company doing uh, software for automation in manufacturing. And I was working on a role that actually paired me with somebody in sales. And we would go and visit different manufacturing plants around the world. And I would be like the solutions expert. And that's when I really got the bug for product because I would go talk directly to the customer, understand their challenges, come back, talk to marketing, talk to R&D, talk to operations, and then try to figure all things out. And I, I didn't know that there was a role that was called product. And so, uh, you know, as soon as I could, I moved into a different company where I was given the opportunity to run my first uh, product role. And so I was running product for a data management uh, platform. And that's where I started to really get into uh, what is it? like to be a product manager? What does it really mean? What are the different components? And what were the gaps in my skill set that I needed? And so throughout my career, I've been trying to build that skill set that I needed. Uh, for example, I used to work also as director of programs at a UX agency where I learned everything about understanding the users and understanding the customers. Um, and then I had the opportunity to move to Silicon Valley and have a few uh, uh, executive roles there. I was head of product for a renewable energy company startup. And then I uh, started teaching IoT product management at Stanford University, where I was able to train uh, thousands of uh, senior managers and executives in Silicon Valley about product strategy in enterprise software and IoT. Uh, my previous uh, role you know, at that time was also uh, an independent coach. So I, I became a product leadership coach working with both startups and large corporations in their product strategy, go-to-market strategy, uh, building teams. Um, then I had the opportunity to work at a large corporation. I was uh, vice president, head of IoT at Ericsson, 
that gave me a very different perspective on how to do, do product at that scale. And uh, as of recently, I, I moved back from Silicon Valley. I moved back to Austin, Texas, and I uh, restarted my uh, product coaching practice. Uh, I'm running a, a podcast as well, Enterprise Product Leadership. And I also am a mentor for a couple of accelerators. I work with startups on the climate tech space, mm. helping them figure out how can we solve some of the biggest challenges in terms of water, food, uh, carbon capture, renewable energy. So my, my product journey has been all over the place from, from teaching to leadership in big companies, in small companies, to mentoring startups, to mentoring executives, to driving product myself. So it's been a really a combination that uh, has taken me to where I am today. Yeah, no, that's, that's very inspiring. Thanks for sharing, Daniel. And I'll be sure to add the link to your podcast as well. It's a great podcast on enterprise uh, product management. Yeah, for sure. We'd do that. And the work that you do, you know, in that space is very impactful, you know, uh, sustainability environment, uh, you know, anything related to that has a, that's a positive impact in the environment. That's, that's definitely, um, I've been there. So I know, I know but the work is really rewarding in that sense. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. So jumping on a topic itself, Daniel, like, Here's to know, like, what do you consider as emerging tech? Because it's kind of like a, a fancy word. So if you can elaborate on those, and why is it important to talk about? Yes. So emerging tech is really an umbrella term for a lot of different technologies, like the name say, that are emerging. So they're not fully established. They're really trying to figure out their their place in the technology, in the, in the business modeling aspect, in, in how they are used by customers, how to get to scale. So they're, they're, they're early in their generation and we're, we're trying to figure out how to use them. And so some examples include uh, artificial intelligence, edge computing, 5G, IoT, things like that. And I think they're really, really important um, to have a balance on those technologies because these are the types of technologies that will become second nature in a few years from now. And so from a product management perspective, we need to understand the value that those technologies bring. How do you actually work with engineering teams and other business teams to leverage those technologies? And how can you improve your product and make a difference by leveraging those technologies? So it's, it's important to keep an eye on them so that you can avoid being disrupted. But the opposite is also true, right? That there's a lot of hype on those technologies. And so let's not get carried away uh, by that. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. I guess my next one is actually uh, rhymes, it kind of like connects really well with uh, what you just mentioned as a segue. Like if you were to share with us from your experience, you know, you've been all over the place, Daniel, like from a coach to executive yourself and coaching others. Like what are some myths uh, or some myths about leveraging emerging tech that you can share with us? Yes, I, I think the, the main thing is, is to understand that this uh, emerging trends, um, there, there's always going to be emerging trends in our life as product managers. Right? When I was you know, earlier in my career, the emerging trend was mobile, and I'm starting to date myself, right? Um, when mobile came out, we we're all trying to figure out what are we going to do with this. And now it's everywhere, and all PMs pretty much need to know how to build mobile-type applications. And so the window keeps sliding, so there's always going to be there. 
But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that the trend itself adds value. And I see a lot of companies saying, well, our product is AI based and therefore it's valuable, or we're doing some IoT type solution, therefore it's more valuable. But just like with any other technology, these trends by themselves can be an accelerator to your success, but they have to be coupled with the value you provide to the customer. By themselves, they're meaningless. So unless there is a need for the type of value that these trends provide, and then you can incorporate that value into your offering, that's when they become powerful and not the other way around, right? So I get a lot of, of uh, PMs that I coach or executives even that come to say, hey, we need an AI strategy or we need a 5G strategy. And it's like, but why? What are you trying to do? And, 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 and where did you get that, right? Well, you know, we just came back from a trade show and everybody's talking 5G, so therefore we need 5G. And it's like, well, let me tell you another thing, um, that, that people don't realize is how hard it is to work with emerging tech. So um, I'll stop there and see if you have any comments on that, but it's gotta be very mindful that there is a lot of power there, but don't get caught up in the hype. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of challenges, like, uh, like what, what are, uh, I mean, I can, I can think of myself, like, for example, like the knowledge gap itself, but like, what are some, some of the top challenges you've noticed, you know, when, when, you know, uh, besides let's say, it has to drive value, like you mentioned. It has to solve a problem. So what other challenges have you noticed from your experience when, when you want to consider for yourself or for clients when, for leveraging uh, emerging tech? Yes. So uh, if we think about specifically the uh, implementation aspect of these technologies, one of the challenges is intrinsic to them being emergent, which is they are very new. So oftentimes they are untested. Uh, it's really hard to take them to scale. There are no robust tools uh, so that you can use. Um, there's not an ecosystem of partners that you can leverage to, to scale. And so all those things you have to figure out, how are you going to go about it? Additional challenges that I see are the skill set that you need to work with these technologies is very unique. And so unless your company has that skill set, it's going to be really hard to incorporate. Artificial intelligence is one example. And right? if you don't have a very strong data science team that knows how to do that, and a strong product team that knows how to interface with that data science team, you won't be able to get the value. Or if you are working on, uh, you have the idea of working with IoT, and your company is software focused, and you realize that for IoT, you need the physical devices and you have no idea on how to build devices, how to source devices, how to maintain devices, how to do business modeling on hardware, then it's just gonna be a, a complete disaster, right? So, um, so I, I mentioned two things, right? The, the um, thing that are too new is to untested, the skills that you need. And the other thing is that you might need additional infrastructure that you might not have. So for example, 5G is, is a good uh, thing to talk about. Um, when you are developing 5G uh, solutions, well, you need to have a device that has a 5G radio. There are not that many out there. You need to be able to test out your device in different networks to see if it's gonna work around the world. Well, you can't connect to a public network, like AT&T won't let you test on their network. So you need a specialized lab or access to an access lab with test networks. Like when I was working at Ericsson, we had all that in the building. 
But like that infrastructure eventually becomes ubiquitous. But right now it's like really hard. And because it's starting, it's very expensive, right? So the value, the business value to your customer better be there if you're going to tackle all these challenges. Yeah. So it sounds like you, there's there's got to be like a longer term strategy that you have to rally the you know, executives uh, to, to be able to be open to invest this much, uh, you know, in terms of where technology is um, and kind of like how you want to leverage that. Right. So, so I'm curious, like, uh, like how would you, how would you navigate those kind of conversations if you were to, let's say I'm a PM, I see some applications of leveraging AI and that kind of like data into our product. Uh, like how would you recommend that kind of like, uh, bring the stakeholders on board in terms of like, hey, giving them a realistic picture of like what could be possible, but not, you know, uh, over-promise in that sense. Yes, I think that is key, right? I think as, as PMs, we need to figure out what is the customer problem that we are looking to solve. And we need to be very familiar with the type of value that certain emerging technologies provide. And I think that's the key. And, and we can dive more into each one of the technologies to to you know, elaborate on the actual value, right? But you have to understand that you're not going to just use AI just because, right? So there's there's a specific challenge and it could be solved by uh, applying some of these emerging technologies. So it's about doing a lot of the product work to understand the deep pain of the customer and how much is this pain worth so that if you invest in solving it, then you can have a potential business aspect or business value there, right? So that's the first step working with the executives. And then the second part is being very clear on what it will take to, to get there. And so having that discussion of this is probably not going to be a one-off. So is that a skill set and a competency that you want to build in-house? And if that's the case, you need to start in building, going with the AI, right? Building a and a, a data science team with the necessary people and org chart and tool set. Then you also need to figure out as you're building, let's say AI again, uh, you're building the data models, you're gonna need the actual data to create the models that you can train and then fine tune and then productize. Well, how are you gonna get that data? What is your strategy to get, is that data available? Can you actually do those kind of things, right? So those are the kind of discussions you need to have is that, there is value to be had and we, you can make the pitch that there is. And then you can say, okay, so what, what is it going to take for us to deliver this? And then do you want to take that in-house or do you want to outsource it? You want to give it to an agency or to an Accenture, an EY, one of those um, companies to do it for you, knowing that you would you know, lose some of the IP and et cetera, et cetera, right? So that's how you need to approach it as a strategic thing that's going to have a huge impact on your roadmap for years to come. It's not just like a hand, let's, it's not like, let's add this new feature and change the color or something. Right? So these are yeah. big things embedded within your all product strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually this one, uh, just to my next question, thanks for elaborating. Like, so you mentioned about the stakeholder and strategy part. So I'm curious, like for, if you were to kind of like take a uh, higher level view of this, you know, I want I want to think about this holistically end to end as a PM. How to how can I strategize? How can I leverage emerging tech? I think we touched upon one or two of those. But if you were to kind of uh, talk about the rest of the piece of the puzzle, what would those be? 
Yeah, I think that the the way I look at it is um, always keeping in mind that emerging tech is a continuum. So you will never be able to catch up, right? When you are getting ready and you think you know some of these things, you know, there's there comes blockchain and there comes quantum computing. So it's a never ending thing, right? So instead of diving too deep into becoming an expert on this, of these things, which is impossible, what I recommend is getting familiar with the business benefits that each one of these emerging technologies provides and how do they do it. So for example, let's talk about each one of them, um, AI. So AI, very simplistically, is a way to process large amounts of data to generate insights and make decisions. So if you have a an application or a, or a system or something that generates a lot of data, and you need to make sense of that data in, in many ways, find insights in real time, all those things, and it's too much for doing in the traditional way, well, that's an opportunity to do AI, right? And so if, if you have a lot of data and you need to do a lot of processing of that data to get insights, AI is a good thing to talk about in, in ML, right? Yeah. Um, if you think about 5G, the benefit of 5G, 5G is a wireless transmission uh, technology. And so some of the benefits of 5G is that it's wireless, it's long distance, it's outdoors, although you can do also indoors. Um, it is extremely fast. It can transmit a lot, a lot of data, has a big bandwidth, and it has very low latency. So if you have an application that requires a transmission of large amounts of data or that requires very low latency, mm -hmm. then 5G would be something to look into. Like if you're drawing autonomous drones and they need to be able to communicate in real time with a station to figure something out, well, 5G would be a good thing to have, right? So it's understanding what those things bring to you. Um, let's talk about IoT. IoT is very simply put, is a way to collect data from the physical environment, so the sensors, analyze them and consolidate them in a centralized place to make decisions. So if you have a need or your customer has a problem that could be solved by adding sensors to track things, to determine the health of devices, if you need this interaction with the real world, then IoT devices transmitting the data to a centralized cloud, that's the way to do it. And as you can see, a lot of this uh, technologies build on themselves. I can give you an example for IoT, where you have the devices. Those are gonna produce a ton of data, so you're probably gonna need some AI, and you're probably not gonna send all the data to the cloud, so you're probably gonna need some edge compute to do localized computing. You might need transfer of a lot of data so that you can do real-time AI in the cloud, so you might need 5G, and then you might need cloud computing maybe at the network edge or at the actual cloud or hybrid, right? So you can see how all those pieces fit together, but the more important thing is like, what is the benefit to the customer? And then you can leverage all these different pieces of the puzzle to get there. Yeah, this, this gets really fascinating. Just the example you gave on how each of these uh, emerging tech could be used as a different part of an application. Um, now like what you hear so far, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now. 
This podcast has been made possible by listeners like yourself, and I'm thankful for your support. Now, let's head back to the show. So, Daniel, like if you were to, you know, walk us through, you've done, I'm sure you've done it many, many times for for your clients um, and companies you've been. So, if you were to walk us through like a detail, like a detailed level, like step-by-step example for, I guess, listeners to make it really uh, a little bit more tangible of delivering this uh, products that you mentioned could uh, leverage different kind of emerging techs, uh, you know, across the whole product development lifecycle. What would that be? Yeah, so this is a this is a very big topic. So let's let's anchor it with a solution specifically. Let's say um, that your customer needs um, to track uh, their shipping trucks. Let's say that it's a it's a um, logistics company and they have trucks that deliver things and they need to better track it because they need to get better routes to optimize their delivery time and if they were able to optimize the routes they were able to save x amount percent right? so that's the value that you can deliver so how would you actually go about doing something like that first of all like with any product you have to start by doing the discovery and understanding what exactly is the pain that the customer has i think that a lot of the pitfalls when you're doing this type of emerging tech is that you hear one of the keywords is like, oh, you need to track? Okay, we're just going to go and build everything. It's like, wait, no. Why do you need to track? To what level of accuracy? What is the problem? Is it that the your trucks are being stolen and then you need to track against theft or, you, or because they're getting in traffic and you need to do better routes? Or is it because you need to track the fuel consumption or you need to track that the drivers don't fall asleep at the wheel and actually work in applications like that, right? So what actual tracking, right? And so once you understand that, then you can do an analysis of what type of data you will need to collect from the trucks themselves, what kind of analysis you were gonna need to do maybe at the edge, what kind of data you're gonna need to transmit to a centralized location, maybe to the cloud, and what kind of information you need to surface to the users in the cloud, to make what type of a decision. And so the way it gets really complicated here is that as you can see, there's a lot of different users and that's very common in enterprise type situations. So you need to understand the needs of the driver of the truck that you're gonna be tracking. You need to be able to understand the needs of um, the data analysts that are looking at all the data incoming from the cloud. You need to um, understand the needs of the fleet manager that's going to look at reports on all the fleet, right? You need to get the needs of the COO that's going to be looking at the overarching fleet from a money perspective. And each one of those is going to need certain pieces of data. So you got to make sure that you are collecting the right data, you're processing the right data, and you are um, displaying the right kind of data for the right kind of user. So that's kind of the, the basic example from a once the system is up and running, this is how it's going to operate. But the complexity with some of these uh, systems, especially the ones that have a connection with the physical world, it's also the life cycle, not only on development, but also the customer life cycle. How are you going to install the trackers on the trucks? And how are you going to provision them? How are you going to onboard everybody in the whole system on what to do? How are you going to um, provision each of your devices so that your system knows that they're a real device, that they are trusted, that they should be sending data, that this customer has paid for their devices. Um, and then 
how are you going to provide maintenance to this whole solution, right? And so all of that needs to be contemplated and that becomes part of your roadmap that you're going to have to iterate on and you have to uh, polish and with time, you'll be able to deliver solutions for all these different workflows and all these different use cases. So it gets extremely complicated really quickly, um, yeah. but these are complex solutions, right? So when you start talking about AI, for example, it's because you have a ton of data and you have to do a lot of analysis and you have to do a lot of insights. So immediately you're in this realm of complexity. Right? You're talking about IoT, well, you already have physical devices and you're gonna have all the supply chain and all the installation problems and all the maintenance problems, right? You talk about edge compute, similar thing, right? So uh, is this more or less what you're after? Does that help you? Yes, yes, it's it's uh, actually made, made made it really really simple the way you explain <laughs> it. So 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 I appreciate that. So when it comes to like you know uh, the whole, uh, I, I guess like uh, you, you kind of touched upon it. Like I, I think your point was, as a PM, you need to make sure first and foremost it's going to drive value and it's going to solve a sort of a problem. I'm curious to know like in terms of the nuances that you've seen from your experience. Uh, let's say if I'm a PM, I notice, okay, I, I kind of, as you suggested, I go and kind of like explore some of the use cases of these technologies. I look at the business I'm working on the product and I identify some sort of a need. Then I know, okay, there could be some use case and a problem and I can connect it to the strategy and everything else. What are some nuances in terms of implementation? And you touched upon like, you know, they could get into physical products, but are there any other uh, unique ones that you've noticed when it actually goes to the implementation part? Let's say if it's my first time going through this, that you know some of the blind spots I need to look out for that you can think of. Yes, yes, uh, I can share a couple. And one of the blind spots I think is uh, internal facing. Uh, leveraging these types of technologies, it's not like you just add an item on your roadmap and your development team can deliver on that item. These are things that are going to affect your whole organization. And so you need to get the buy-in from the executive team that it's okay to actually go into AI with everything that it entails, or that you are gonna go into IoT because of everything it entails. I've talked to many companies that they say, we need, we've, we've uncovered this problem and we have this strategy with IoT, we'll help, we need your help figuring out our overall product strategy. Once I, I help them figure out the overall strategy, they're like, oof, this is this is much, much more than we thought it was going to be. No, there's there are easier ways to make a buck. So they roll it back, right? So I think that's one aspect is make sure that you get the buy-in of the uh, leadership team on really committing going into this direction. So that's the first one. Um, and then the second one, one of the things that uh, I've seen most common in, in a lot of these scenarios is, uh, the availability of data for development. Many companies that I talk to say, well, we're gonna do this uh, solution for controlling the temperature in buildings. And we have this amazing models that can do all these things and provide this value. Now we've built the model, we just need to train it with the data. Where are you gonna get that data? Well, you're gonna ask buildings to get it. And, and there's like no way that data is not available or it's illegal to get it, like it happens all the time when I talk to executives in healthcare, right? It's like, well, that, it's illegal to get that data or in energy, right? The utilities won't release that data. And so what is your plan to actually collect the data that you need just to train the models and to show that you can actually provide the value that you promise, right? So you're, you're not even talking about developing the full product. 
And so those are big blind spots that could actually flip your whole uh, strategy if you're not having access to that, right? And another big one, as I mentioned, is the the if you're a software company and you want to get into hardware, too many blind spots there. If you're a hardware company trying to go digital, quote unquote, a million blind spots there, right? So just getting the right support, getting people that understand how these strategies are put together, what to rely on outsourcing and consultants and other companies versus what do you take in house. Right? So. And as you can see, I'm, I'm talking a lot more about the leadership level of decisions more than the actual PM engineering level of decisions. It's because I want to emphasize that dealing with emerging technologies usually impacts at a higher level. So you, you have to be ready for those discussions um, or, or bringing it to your head of product. Or if you're the head of product, to go in and talking to, to your C-level folks on the board that this is something you're going to do. Yeah, those are really good, really good tips. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those, Daniels. Uh, I mean, I understand that you can't possibly cover all the, uh, you know, edge cases and whatnot when it comes to, you know, you want to go after leveraging uh, in emerging tech. But I'm curious, like, are there any frameworks out there that you've seen uh, that, that could be useful at this first starting point? Uh, if, I, if I, let's say I'm as a PM, want to kind of make sure I cover some of the more uh, important parts. If I know, I understand it can't be everything, but I'm curious to know if if you come across any of those resources. Yes, I mean, my focus has been a lot on IoT, and so I have developed uh, my IoT decision framework, and that's what I teach at Stanford, and I coach my executives, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's one way of looking at all the different challenges and combinations when you're thinking about a solution that has hardware embedded connectivity, cloud, and apps, right? Um, so we can uh, share this in the notes, uh, a link to that framework if you're interested and share yeah. it with the audience. Uh, because if nothing else, it's a way of thinking about the problem in a structured way. And it gives you the confidence to be able to go into a meeting with your CTO or with your supply chain manager or with your VP of hardware and have these discussions about what is it going to take, right? So it, it, it gives you all the tools you need to have those discussions, not necessarily to know the answers. Um, and similar to, um, to, to mine, there's other uh, folks that focus on AI and there's some specific frameworks there. So I'm mean, sure you, you can find them, but uh, um, I haven't seen that many. Um, some things like Edge, I haven't seen that many. Some things for blockchain, I, I really haven't seen much. Um, so. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Uh, uh, definitely gonna add the link to to your IoT framework. That'd be awesome, uh, you know, to to leverage that. Uh, Daniel, you got the let's talk about I guess the the fun part as well. Like you got this uh, book coming up. Tell us a little bit more about this book. Why did you decide to write it? And you know, where can we expect it to be on the market? Yes, thank you. I, I'm I'm super excited. I've been wanting to write this book for for a long time, and uh, it, it's a book to help uh, product leaders building enterprise software and getting that from idea to your first 10 customers. Mm -hmm. And the genesis of the book is that my whole career, I've been working on B2B type of solutions, enterprise and industrial types of solutions. And I've always felt like a lone ranger here because a lot of the material and the literature and the philosophy for product management is for B2C. And so 
although there are some very powerful concepts there, they really don't apply necessarily to when you're talking about B2B enterprise. And then when you're going into the world that I move in, which is critical infrastructure like energy on B2B. And so my idea of the book is how do you tackle, if you're a product leader working on B2B, how do you tackle an enterprise application and how do you take all these different concepts that we like from PM and apply them in a B2B world? Um, and there's a lot of books out there with like the big ideas. What I really wanted to do was ground them and make it a how-to, right? So yes, we know that we need to iterate and yes, we know that we need to get out of the building and talk to customers. But when I actually talk to executives and product leaders, they're like, yeah, you go out of the building to do what? Or you iterate on what? And then in B2B with so many different users, like how do you start and how do you prioritize? So the whole book is a, is a six-step method on like, here's how you start with the agreement, here's how you select your target market, here's how you identify the core pains of your users, um, select your user ecosystem, you iterate and test your assumptions, and then you deliver for your first 10 customers, right? Like this is how you actually do it. Awesome. This I'm a big fan of the how-tos when you actually get into the nitty gritty stuff. And that's been one of the themes of my podcast. So I really appreciate it. Uh, definitely when when the uh, link, the, the, the pre-order is ready, we're going to put the link uh, uh, to the book here for sure. Now, Daniel, you know, you're pretty, you know, pretty active, at, I'd say, out there. So uh, you have podcasts, you have this book coming up. I mean, uh, where can our listeners find all these resources? For sure. Thank you. Thank you for asking that. Uh, all the all my content is on my site. So danielelisalde.com. And you can find my blog, my podcast, my online courses, and then you can uh, pre-sign for the book already to to get updates. And so everything, everything is is there. Okay. All right. So we'll be sure to add those links. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the on the show and talking about you know driving innovation with emerging tech. Uh, Cyrus, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed the conversation. Now that's it for this week's episode of PMH Podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, uh, I hope you shared on your social media, LinkedIn, Twitter. Leave a five-star review so we can reach more audience. If you have any suggestions, I'm definitely open to it. You can reach out to me on social media. I'm all over the place. Also, subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I'm Sias Shirazian. Until next show, stay safe and healthy.